0: Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeedGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeedGeek.com and use promo code SIDERETIREDPOD in all capitals for twenty dollars off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Big Time Rush. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ball game. And now for today's edition of Side Retired Podcast. Oh! Alrighty, welcome back to this edition of Side Retired the LB podcast. It is Dylan joined alongside Kern as always. And today we are going to do a little bit of a fun mini episode. I know Kern did a top five Dodgers prospect episode recently that you can check out as well if you haven't already. But it is a little bit of a reunion. I haven't spoken to this guy in probably like well, the conversation we just had before recording, I don't know, five years, six years or so. We'll see. I don't know, probably around that time. It was around 8th and 7th grade, back at St. David's with Mr. Ryan's hot stove every week. So shout out Mr. Ryan if you end up listening to this episode. Nick Petralia, how you doing?
1: Dude, that intro went so hard, guys. (laughs) I gotta tell you. that. Oh my god, I'm so happy to be here. Mr. Ryan, my goat, hot stove.
0: Great to be here. Well, obviously, what we're going to be doing on this episode, we will be breaking down the all-decade team of the Dodgers for Kern, as well as the Mets for Nick. And how we're going to do this, we're going to go position by position, breaking down the catchers, first base, second base, from 2013 to 2022. Who was sort of the best player from each of those teams? Curran, you're the veteran, so you get to start us off first, and we're going to talk about the Dodgers catcher. Who do you think is the best one of the last decade?
2: So two kind of, yeah, maybe maybe you could throw in a a third. Um but three kind of candidates here. You got um you got Will Smith, the current catcher. You have Yasmani Grandal, who's with the team from 2015 to 2018, and you have AJ Ellis, who is maybe Clayton Kershaw's favorite personal catcher of all time. Um I went with Yasmani here. Um I went back. I hadn't realized Will Smith has been with the team for 5 years, but he's only been a full-time starter for about two or three of them. Um, and there's no doubt. If we come back to this in a few years, like Will Smith is the guy. Um, I love him. One of the best catchers, if not the best catcher in baseball. But um, since we're talking about the All Decade Team, Yasmani was an All Star um, and had three seasons with 20 plus home runs um, on top of outstanding defense. So I went with him as my catcher.
0: And as you're going to tell, Nick is sort of has this Mets team that has been been muddled in. Mediocrity for most of the decade. Yes, we had the 2015 World Series run, but Curran usually has a multiple options that are solid. And Nick, you're going to see, is a bunch of options of mediocrity, and he has to figure out how to elevate one. Meanwhile, Curran has to de-elevate or de-escalate two. So, Nick. I'm basically digging through here? a dumpster. Yeah. Who's the catcher on this team?
1: So, a lot, if you're a Met fan, or even if you're not a Met fan, our catching has stunk for the last. Since Mike Piazza, essentially, right? So when I was looking, I just I knew who it was going to be essentially, but I just looked through and I saw that, God, those guys are awful. So the answer is a guy who's actually good now. wasn't good as a Met. It's a sh- no one's surprised that a guy got good after he left the Mets, but that's fine. Uh, it's Travis Darno. Listen, he his best season he bat two seventy with 12 home runs, with a 825 OPS, which if that happened for the Mets today, we'd win 120 games. We have James McCann, who I don't think knows how to hit the ball, um, <laughs> and Tomas Nito, who would be a really good double-A star. But, I mean, just I'm just so disappointed when I look at Travis Darno. <laughs> I'm so sad. It's so awful here.
0: All right, well, first base, we both do have really solid players. Kern I'll let you go first. Is you had a couple options? And then Nick probably has the one guy that on, is on everyone's mind when it comes to first base. So, Kern, go first.
2: Yeah, so um, a couple candidates here. You have Freddie Freeman, right? But I quickly kind of discarded him, given that this is his first season with the Dodgers. Still love him, though. He went deep last night. He's super good. Um, Could have gone Max Muncy, who was uh, the first baseman before we signed Freddie Freeman. Uh, and he's a really good feel-good story, but he hasn't been with the team for that long, and he hasn't been that much of a star, um, at least not as much of a star as the guy I went with, who's Adrian Gonzalez. Um, He was with the team from 2013 to 2017, um, and he was pretty much dominant for the whole time uh, in that period. He kind of fell off in 2017, but um, he was a multi-time all star earlier in his career, um, and he was an all star in 2015. He had 116 ribeyes in uh 2014. Um, just an all around dominance. I mean, you look at Max Sponsor who's never had more than 100 RBIs, and that's not the be all end all stat, but just gives you a taste of why Adrian Gonzalez makes it ahead of him.
0: Nick, tell us about the MVP.
1: So, first of all, when he when Curran said, I totally forgot Adrian Gonzalez was a Met for like five minutes. He was an opening day starter for the Mets, by the way, fun fact, (laughs) um, for those who care. But the obvious first baseman for the Mets, of course, is Ike Davis. Um, The guy was – I'm kidding. It's Pete Alonzo. He's the best player we've had in so long to come up from the farm system and actually be good. The amount of times Mets fans get their hopes up about guys playing in Syracuse or Las Vegas, it used to be. And those guys come up, and they stink. It, It's this guy, 53 home runs his rookie year, and he hasn't stopped hitting. Now he's hitting for average. I think he's batting 270, 275 now, which is incredible considering the fact he was batting, like, 250. I mean, the guy's a machine. He's going to learn to play a good first base. He's, he's, he's my captain. He's my captain. Uh-oh.
0: That's a bold statement, saying the captain. Mets have not had a captain since David Wright, but... I think Brandon Nimmo wants that job too. So we'll see what
2: happens in there.
0: Also shout out to Lucas Duda, but current take us over to the second baseman.
2: Yeah, this is probably the the hardest one for me to choose. Um, I feel like a Met fan here kind of searching through mediocrity, but then i found a guy who's not really mediocre. He just doesn't really have a position to call him home. And that's Chris Taylor. Um, I love the guy. He just kind of puts his head down and works. You know, um, he's been there since 2017. He was an all-star in 2021. Um, especially in in the 2021 postseason. I mean, he walked off against the Cards, which was one of my favorite single uh, moments ever, screaming in my room at 1 a.m. He then proceeded to hit three bombs against the Braves, which we ended up losing that series, and I hate the Braves, but he kept us in that series, which is still super fun to watch. So even though he plays a lot of outfield, I didn't really see a good secondary option. Um, So, yeah, CT3.
0: All right, Murph or McNeil, Nick?
2: So this
1: is where the trend starts to begin and people are going to (laughs) start to hate me, which is that I'm a homer for that 2015 team because it was the first time I'd ever seen the Mets be anything close to good, right? So, yeah, if you look at statistics, maybe it's Jeff McNeil. We haven't had – I mean, the guy's batting 320 right now. He's never bats below 300 except for – 2020, but 2020 is not a real season because Dom Smith was an MVP candidate. So it's not a real season. Sorry, Corinne. Sorry. But <laughs> um, it's Daniel Murphy. The guy, what a playoff run that guy had. Seven home runs. He bat around 450. I don't think we'll ever see a playoff run like that, honestly. Where a guy just completely carried the team for two rounds. Um, even though his best play, his weirdly I don't know why, but weirdly, the, his best play for me was when he stole third base in Game Five of the of the uh, NLDS against the Dodgers. Because it was like two two, and I believe he got in, us into scoring position and scored. But he's awesome. Um, of course, he left the Mets. Another guy who left the Mets, second guy on this list who left the Mets and became really good. He was really good as the Nationals. Um, yeah, Jeff McNeil's fine, but you know maybe Jeff McNeil's an all star. But Daniel Murphy has my heart.
0: I like McNeil as a utility player on this team. And obviously, if McNeil ends up getting an extension or stays with the Mets long term, it probably becomes his thing. But yes, Daniel Murphy in the playoffs probably takes him to that next level. You did just mention former Mets who leave the team and turn out to do great things. Let's go over to third base. Kern, I'm 99% sure who Ah. you're going
2: with. (laughs) Look away, Nick. Look away, all you Mets fans. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this guy. Um, Ex-Met, like so many other all-stars out there. Um, Justin Turner, him of the uh, glowing orange beard. Um, He's been with the team, with the Dodgers, that is, from 2014 to the present after uh, he batted 280 with the Mets and they still dumped him. Um, Two-time All-Star, has has had his share of playoff moments, um, most notably um, his walk-off against the Cubs in the NLCS. Um, Again, one of my favorite baseball memories. Um, He's really been probably one of the most consistent like faces on the Dodgers. Um, I think he might be the longest tenured outside of Kershaw. I'm not positive about that one, but it seems like he's been on the team for forever. um, And he is my all decade third baseman.
0: All right, Nick, you're going to have to take us through the thought process here because David didn't play that much in the last 10 years, but I'm pretty sure he's probably the guy.
1: So this is so like, I love I love the New York Mets, but so many times we just have just thrown guys at positions and prayed that they work, especially with the Wilpons, who wouldn't pay more than $5 for a guy to play on the team. So the answer is David Wright, even though he really was past his prime at this point. He was injured. He you know, he couldn't stay on the field, but I mean, God, when he came back in 2015, hit that home run against the Phillies, That's that was such a huge spark. I mean, he played... Good enough, you know. He he was clearly injured. He was clearly not as good as he once was, but he he tried so hard to stay in the field for so long. And I he has so much respect for me. I think any Met fan my age um, has a feeling for David Wright, uh, David Wright in their hearts uh, as the as their like personal hero. I called Pete Alonso my captain because he should be captain, but David Wright's you know is the captain, Captain America. Um, but uh, yeah, but shout out Todd Frazier because um, he hit that one home run against the Nationals in 2019 <laughs> when they were on that run. Uh, it's one of Gary Cohen's best calls of all time, and I was there for it, and I lost my voice. So shout out Todd Frazier for that.
0: I Tom also Silver, think Tom Server, of course, as he always says everywhere, but <laughs> you know, whatever. We'll also shout out J.D. Davis as well as Wilmer Flores. I guess this could be the position you'd put him at, but... Again, more of that utility Jeff McNeil type. Yeah. Kern, your shortstop, probably again, very simple.
2: Yeah. Uh, Nick said, what was it? Your your second baseman was a guy who carried you through multiple rounds of a playoff series. How about a guy who led us to the ring? Corey Seeger. Um, I'm very sad he's gone, though he's probably not worth what they're paying, him, but that's a whole different story. Um, he's been he was with the team from 2016 to 2021. Two-time All-Star, he won Rookie of the Year in 2016. Also finished top-three in MVP voting that year. Um, And then our very real 2020 World Series, he led the way. Was absolutely unstoppable. He let his hair grow a little bit, which was like pretty dope. I don't know why, but like I just I remember that specific detail. Um, That run will forever be in my heart because he just simply took over. um, And he's been very very good for a very very long time, and will always be a Dodger even though he's on the Rangers now so my shortstop
0: and before we get into Nick's shortstop we will put out a reminder that this is from 2013 to 2022 it's sort of the all-decade team although yes we're doing this in 2022 an odd year to do it but Jose Reyes is by far one of the best shorts we've seen in Mets history if not the best shortstop in Mets history but he did leave the team I believe in around 2010-2011 he came back for that brief stint as a member of the 2016 to 2018 team, but by no means was he still the old vintage Reyes. So we're going to put Jose aside when it comes to this conversation, because it's sort of hard to separate Jose Reyes that was actually in this 10 year run versus the guy that was carrying the team before then. So Nick, who's the shortstop?
1: So yeah, like you said, Jose Reyes uh, is the main guy when you think of Mets shortstops, he came back and really we needed him. And he really helped us make that 2016 wild card game, which will forever haunt me. Um, but this was hard because Lindor is probably having one of the best seasons by a Met shortstop of all time, if not the best. You could argue, for sure. Um, but it's been it's one year, and he was so bad last year, and I just. And I can't just – I can't give it to him. I want to. I want to so bad give it to him. But I just can't because my mind goes to one man. He doesn't play here anymore. And he he was going to be so good, I thought. I was the only one who thought this maybe. But Ahmed Rosario is my shortstop for this team. And I know everyone's going to hate me a little bit for that. But I'll take that hate because in 2019 when he bat 287 with 15 home runs, I thought he was that guy and i would have died on that hill now when we when we looked to trade him the next year yeah that made sense he stunk but he was he was another one of those met guys who comes up and we think oh he's going to save the team and he was fine but he was getting better and now he's eh, he's still good he's good he's not under Jimenez, who's the best part of that lindor trade but he's still really good and i wish that i wish that we didn't trade him in that i wish we could have just gave up one of the shortstops not both but uh, yeah, I'm under Jario. only guy to have a walk-off home run in Yankee Stadium, not playing for the Yankees.
0: Look at that. That's a weird 2020 piece of history right there. But also shout out another guy that was part of the 2016 Mets team. He had that epic moment against the Phillies as Drupal Cabrera. He could have been yes. arguing for this spot. Maybe again, Wilmer Flores gets thrown in there. Oh, uh, shout door. out
1: Ruben Tejada, who of the course.
0: <laughs> Curran, we have I've a beef seen about seen that done. one. Yeah, but again, Mets mediocrity have to pull someone up rather than Kern who's like, yeah, it's Corey Seager. We've had him for the last eight years. but And of course, you replaced him with a guy like Trey Turner who could work his way onto this list as well as Lindor if they stay long-term. Lindor is staying long-term, but we'll see what happens with Trey Turner. We are running towards that 20-minute mark. So, Nick, congratulations. You're going to have to come on for a second episode to do the pitchers. So let's wrap up this episode by just talking about the outfielders Kern, name your three guys that made your starting outfield for the Dodgers all decade team.
2: Well, first off, I don't I don't think, and I'm not entirely sure I want Trey to stay, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, oh. he wants Lindor money. So we'll see. And we all know that Lindor probably repaid. but uh anyways, hey. on to the outfielders. Hey. Um, Cody Ballinger, I know you hear the name and you're like, wow, he sucks. Um, but you look at his resume and it's actually astonishing how good he used to be, which only makes it sadder that he's not that good now. But Um, He was called up in 2017, was Rookie of the Year, um, was NLCS MVP in 2018, uh, obviously had one of the single greatest seasons of a Dodgers outfielder MVP in 2019. Um, And then he fell off a cliff, but he's continued to produce in the postseason. He hit the single most electric moment of my Dodgers fandom when he hit uh, his home run off Chris Martin, who's now his teammate, by the way, in 2020. Um I again lost my voice even though it wasn't the stadium. That was insane. Um he hit he drove in the game-winning run against San Francisco last uh last year in the postseason and then hit a gigantic three run shot against the Braves to pull the Dodgers out from a uh a certain 3-0 hole. Um so yeah, gotta be him at number one. Yasiel Puig. Um who was with the team from 2030. 2013 to 2018 um, he had two five war seasons um, he's a goat like just straight up so much fun to watch play whether he's licking a bat or pimping a home run he's a beast um, and then last but not least I went Mookie bets, and I could have gone Kemp here um, but I don't know maybe it's a little bit of recency bias Kemp was kind of tailing off there at the end um, while Mookie is the future and the face of the Dodgers he's locked in longer term um, helped us win a real ring. Again, I'll repeat it, um, his first season with the team and is now uh, breaking his own home run record this season. So that was my three.
0: All right, Nick, take us home with your three outfielders for the Mets all-decade team. All right, I'll
2: try to keep it
1: short and sweet, but first I think is an obvious one is Ioannis Cespedes. I mean, the guy for about a year and a half was probably the best Met of the dec- of this decade. Um, When he first came to the Mets in that magical 2015 run, the guy hits uh, 17 home runs, uh, batted almost 290. And he was exactly what they needed. They needed, their offense wasn't great. They had great pitching. They needed a guy who could hit the ball 450 feet and he could hit it further. Um, Did he run into some problem with boars? Yes. There There was a boar incident, but... If you take that away from him and also the fact that he just like kind of went missing for 2 days. Uh the guy's a great and he's a met legend. Um and my next outfielder was almost a Houston Astro which was exciting. Um the best swing in baseball in my opinion. Uh Michael Conforto. Um one of the few met prospects who comes up and is really good. I mean, he again, a guy who came up came up in 2015. He was what when Brett Beatty came up this year, if you're a Met fan and you know this, when Brett Beatty came up this year, we were all comparing him to Michael Conforto. We thought, oh, that's our Michael Conforto. You know, He's going to come up. He's going to hit big home runs for us. He's going to bring that youth spark. Uh, Brett didn't do that because Brett you know, got injured, but Michael Conforto has every Met fan's heart. We're really sad that he's not on the team anymore. Scott Boris's fault, maybe. I won't talk about that, but <laughs> um, we're sad about him. And then The last two guys are, it's kind of a tie because the Mets center field has, has always been, and Carlos Beltran left and we had, you know, Angel Bagan was the next guy. So I went with a tie between Curtis Granderson and Brandon Nimmo. And the reason is Brandon Nimmo is probably this season having a better season than Curtis Granderson ever had as a Met, right? But it's been for one season um curtis granderson was terrific for us for three or four years he first of all he said that uh real new york baseball fans are met fans which i love him for um and he pretty much carried us for a month in 2016 to help us make the playoffs and he had one of the best catches i've ever seen in a playoff game i mean brandon M.O. Like a week ago topped <laughs> that with one of the best catches i've ever seen in my life but um curtis granderson brandon nemo two guys who embody being a new york met hustle heart just love those boys man i really do I
2: really well do. fun fact about michael Conforto: i was actually there in city fields for his debut but uh yeah oh look at huh. that yeah
0: well, of course, we hope you enjoyed our conversation. Nick Petralli joined us to talk about the New York Mets. Kern Shastag gave his Dodgers lineup again. Tune in probably maybe next week or the week after we're going to do starting rotations and bullpens for these two teams. But definitely be on the lookout for that. As well as shout out to St. David's, Mr. Ryan. I hope you're yeah. enjoying and hearing this nice hot stove reunion between Nick and I. And hopefully we'll see if we can get a couple other guys on in the future. But make sure to check out the Twitter the Instagram, the YouTube, lots of great content there, as well as a fun interview with the Chicago Cubs prospect this Friday. So for Dylan, Kern, and Nick, as well as our regular co-hosts, James and Jack, until the next time, the side is retired.